Hey everybody and welcome back to the Open Mic Podcast with Mikey Morrison. I am Mikey Morrison. I really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, it's closing in on 10 till 11 on December 28th uh, as I'm recording this. I, I do have a busy show for you today as we're going to discuss King George road trip eatery, uh, bowl cancellations, and bowl predictions. Uh, but first, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at the Open Mic Pod. I am on Facebook now as well. At uh, you'll find me at the Open Mic po- Podcast. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. I spelled it wrong. It says the Open Mic Podcast with Mikey Morrison. So I'll fix that. Uh, so you'll find me on uh, Facebook, and you can listen to the show on Spotify as well as Apple Podcast. I'm hoping to get it on one other platform uh soon uh, but right now we're on spotify and apple and you can find us listen to whatever is easiest for you uh as i was getting everything ready i did see that john madden passed away um obviously very unfortunate i hate that for his family um don't really know what else to say other than i really did enjoy listening to him call a game when i was younger uh and really enjoyed his his tough acting, ten acting commercials. Uh, they're always been stuck in my head when he goes boom, tough acting, ten acting. Uh, it's a terrible John Madden uh, uh, voice, but like it's always been stuck in my head. And anytime I see that at the grocery store, Walmart, whatever it may be, it's I always think of of him. Um, it's one of those. I almost want to go watch the replacements now. Uh, just kind of hear him call the game one more time in in memory of him. I really do hope for his sake, though, that that he does rest in peace as those that are in Christ are, are promised to do so. I don't know whether or not he was a Christian, uh, but I certainly hope for his soul that he was. There's there's really no easy way to transition from that, so so we'll just get to it. And we're going to start off with, with King George, Virginia. I don't really understand why there's a county named after a tyrant. Can you can you imagine what George Washington would say about his home state having a county named after the dude that he was at war with? That that makes absolutely no sense to me. We shot at King George's army, the most powerful army of its time for 7 years. And there's a county named after him i don't know i don't know how that makes any sense so so virginia i I don't know what virginia has going for it i've never been a fan of virginia but now like i think i think they're even further down the list as far as states to recommend or even visit um they've got traffic for absolutely no reason uh in the northern part of the state like as soon as you get past or richmond it's just we're just gonna Slam on the brakes for no reason at all. And it's going to be this way until you get to Washington, D.C. And then they've got the worst brand of basketball I've ever seen. It's like watching paint dry. I don't know what I'd rather watch. Old or like Paul Johnson, Georgia Tech football or Tony Bennett, Virginia basketball. Both of them are horrendous and terrible. And... Right now, it's it's on brand for Virginia, and, and now they've got this this county named after King George. 
the dude who we were at war with. And we straight up told him, you know what? Screw you. We're independent. You want to do something about it? Come do something about it. Come get some. Mess around and find out. But this, there, there's a county named after King George. I, I don't, I don't understand it. Oh, Virginia also has this, uh, this welcome center that's 51 miles away from their state line. I, I can someone explain that to me? Most states have uh, a state or a, a welcome center as soon as you cross the state. You know, welcome to Texas, or you drive across the the, the state line. It says, "Welcome to Texas." Check out our welcome center. Use the bathroom. Sweet home Alabama. Use the bathroom. Welcome North Carolina. Use the bathroom. Virginia. You just drive into Virginia, and you get stuck in traffic. And then they're like, oh, crap. People have been in traffic for two hours. They've only made it 50 miles. We should probably finally put a welcome center here. Maybe they've... Is that their way to like trick you? And, and like they're trying to blame the traffic on another state or, or still trying to blame the traffic on Washington, D.C.? Like what, What's their end game here? Why, why is there a welcome center 51 miles from their state line? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I do. I do need your help though. When we were, we I had to drive through Virginia this week to um, go see my in-laws for Christmas. And we have a go-to restaurant or for, for our road trips. We always go to Chick-fil-A. Um, you know, being a Christian, like that's, that's what I've got to do. Like I've, I've got to eat the Lord's chicken problem was the Lord closed Chick-fil-A at four and I didn't get to the Chick-fil-A parking lot until 415. So I had to find something else. And the only option was Wendy's. And quite honestly, I would rather eat the Krabby Patty that SpongeBob and um, Krabs fed the health inspector than eat at Wendy's. I think Wendy's has been gross ever since Dave died. Wendy has taken over Wendy's and it's been horrendous ever since. Their fries used to be amazing. Their burgers used to be amazing. Now, Wendy's is gross. I would eat... Give me Checkers. Give me Arby's. Give me Burger King before Wendy's. I, 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 Wendy's is terrible. And then, like, they're four for four. You know, you used to be able to get a junior bacon cheeseburger. Well, because of inflation, they had to take the junior bacon cheeseburger off the four for four. And now I think it's just a burger. It might be a cheeseburger, but I, I don't know. It, it's Wendy's is gross. So I, I need, or yeah, Wendy's is gross. Uh, inflation has gotten to them, so they're not worth anything anymore. So I need your help figuring out what plan B should be if and when. Chick-fil-A is closed. Uh, I'll take any and all suggestions. Um, my, I, I like to go with Waffle House. Um, but in, in my marriage, um, somehow my wife's vote counts double. So I get outvoted two to one. And so I, I need your help for at least another suggestion to, to try to compete with this voting system that me and my wife have.
I would say Chipotle would be the way to go, uh, but the bowls are not necessarily the easiest thing to eat when driving. Um, and speaking of bowls, it is bowl season, and right now it's bowl cancellation season, as I believe Miami, Hawaii, Boston College, Boise State, uh, Texas A&M, and I think UCLA, or NC State, one of the two, had to drop out of their bowl games today. And so a lot of bowls have been getting canceled recently. Um, I actually do feel pity for NC State again. Uh, they had their dream baseball season ruined due to COVID, and now their football season kind of ends in similar fashion. Uh, it's frustrating because if BYU and Coastal can get a game up in 48 hours, can we not figure out a way so that these teams that are at are suffering the consequences of having to uh, cancel the bowl game but are still able to play, can we not find a way for them to play? I, I did see, obviously, Rutgers jumped in for Texas A&M. Um, I do think the Sun Bowl is going to happen because I think Central Michigan took Miami's spot. Uh, but I would like to see a few more of those type of things be able to happen. Like, why can't ECU play NC State um, or UCLA, who, whichever team it was that, like, ended up having to to deal with the consequences of a canceled bowl? Um, actually passed a lot of ECU fans on the way home who found out, I guess, late. Obviously, they were already either on their way or in the area when they found out that the military bowl had been canceled due to COVID. So I'd love for to see more possibility or more games where these teams that did not have to cancel, but have to suffer the consequences of a cancellation are able to play against each other. Um, I, I, try, I didn't really understand these protocols and wanted to. So, so I looked it up and did some digging and, and here's a couple of things that I found that I thought might be worth sharing for those that don't know how all this goes about. So apparently the NCAA has no authority over bowls because they are run by conferences and independent bowl owners. The NCAA is really just has a symbolic role and only that it requires certain things for each bowl. Um, most of these protocols are coming from conferences and teams uh, and teams that are having to follow those rules, which does seem kind of unfair because like, I'm sure the ACC and the SEC have vastly different protocols. Um, apparently, the ACC's policy states that unvaccinated athletes on teams with a vaccination rate less than 85% are at least tested three times a week. Teams that have a vaccination rate of 85% or higher are tested once a week. Three times a week. That, that seems a little absurd. Before I took the job that I have now, I did used to work for a very liberal university and they required unvaccinated people to be tested once a week. And I can almost guarantee you that the vast majority of unvaccinated people are not nearly as healthy as the athletes that make up the unvaccinated athletes that are on their teams. And so I don't, I don't understand why the vast difference in testing why are incredibly healthy athletes held to three times a week? I mean, you might not even have the results back from, from one test before they're having to get tested again. 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Another thing I don't really understand is how we're having all these cancellations due to COVID. How did we ever play a game with someone that had the flu? Michael had the flu in the 97 finals, allegedly. Um, Joe Montana, I saw, had the flu in the 1991 NFC Championship. I saw Tom Brady and Sean Merriman uh, were both suffering from the flu in the 2008 AFC Championship. Magic had the flu in Game 2 of the 88 NBA Finals. Why? And and there have been countless other times where it's at least, it seems like, once a year where somebody on your favorite team has the flu and they're playing through it and they're having their own little flu game here. How was that ever allowed when you can spread the flu just as easily as you can spread COVID? It really doesn't make a lot of sense to me is we, we would just let this dude go out there with the flu. He's got a fever and he's going up for a rebound, uh, screaming at players, uh, screaming at his team to try to get them to, or what play they need to get in. All this stuff that they were allowed to do when they had the flu, but now all of a sudden COVID comes around and especially this, this not nearly as dangerous variant and we have to cancel ball games. I don't, I don't understand it. And so I also saw that the NCAA um, doesn't set or, or no, they do set protocols for the FCS playoffs. So they have control over the FCS playoffs because they're running those the same way that they do any other varsity championship in collegiate athletics. It's because they actually do run it. The one thing, the one sport that they don't control is major college football. And so the FCS protocols are that each team must attest to either being fully vaccinated or have a negative COVID test one to three days before arrival, uh, depending on the test. Beyond that, no additional tests are conducted on-site unless someone develops symptoms. The, the vast difference is, is maddening because there's no consistency here, and, and that's, that's very frustrating. I thought Aaron Torres of Fox Sports said it best. What's up, everybody? It's Torres. Saturday morning. Um, yeah, by the way, forgive the hair. Uh, just woke up a little while ago, but woke up to the news that Memphis and Tennessee has been canceled. And I'm just going to say it. I said it on the podcast. I'm doing it in video. I have to use my platform for what I believe is best. And I got to say it. It's time we stop canceling games because of COVID. It's time we stop postponing games because of COVID. It is time that we start using the data that we have available to us to make smart decisions in sports, okay? Here's what we know. First of all, most of these athletes are now vaccinated, okay? We made this big push all summer long. NBA, NFL, college, got to get vaccinated. Well, these guys are vaccinated. We know the vaccine does not stop the spread of the virus, okay? We now know also, let's never forget, these athletes are under the best medical supervision in the world. I, I'm not even worried about the fact that any of them are, are going to get seriously sick, but even if they do, they're under the best medical supervision in the world, okay? And so this is not uh, May, March, May 2020 anymore. We now have fans traveling. Ohio State fans traveled thousands of miles to watch their team play today. We had Tennessee fans showing up at the arena, paying for parking that are not allowed to go in because of COVID positives. We need to stop. We need to treat it like the flu. If you feel sick, get tested. If you feel sick, get away from the game. It's no different than how we've handled the flu for years and years and years in sports. Somebody has to step up. I don't know if it's the NFL. I don't know if it's Major League Baseball. I don't know if it's the UFC. But somebody has to step up and end the madness. We can't keep going on like this. 
COVID is never going away. We need to learn to live with it, and we can't keep canceling games, okay? What is it going to be? January of 2027? No, no. It's time to move on. It's time to stop canceling sporting events because of COVID. I'm going to say it if nobody else will. Look, we all know that COVID's a real thing, but the, what's frustrating is the vastly different standards and protocols that these teams are held to. There should be one protocol set by the NCAA and not 15 to 20 different ones depending on where you are and what bowl you're in or even what conference you're in. The NCAA has authority for both settings and requirements for each area. And so they could easily make a standard COVID protocol, one of those rules for hosting. And I think they should. I did hear a conspiracy theory about Texas A&M though. And I think it's worth sharing. Uh, I don't really think Jimbo is upset about not being able to play in the Gator Bowl. And here's why. Haynes King, uh, the original QB1 at the start of the year, who uh, like broke his leg against Colorado, um, still not healthy enough to play, or at least he wasn't going to play. Zach Calzada, the one-hit wonder backup that somehow beat Alabama, is in the transfer portal. And as the great Hulk Harrelson would say, He gone! Isaiah Spiller, their stud running backs, not playing in the game. Their best defensive lineman declared for the draft. He gone! And then to top it all off, Jimbo lost his defensive coordinator, Mike Elko. He gone! Elko took the head gig at Duke. Um, and Jimbo is also going up against Wake. Uh, Wake can drop 50 on anybody. Wake's offense is filthy. And, and when Jumbo, Jimbo is missing major players on offense and then his best defensive lineman uh, all year is missing, he's probably looking for an excuse. And then one person tested positive and he was like, sweet, we've got an out. All right, uh, enough of that. And on the bowls that are, that are hopefully actually going to happen this week. Um, Duke's Mayo Bowl between Carolina and South Carolina. That game should or will take place Thursday at 1130. Uh, Carolina has looked terrible all year away from Keenan. Uh, they've actually lost every game that I've not been in the stands. I was there for Georgia State, Virginia, uh, Duke, Miami, Wake, and Wofford. And they won all six of those games. Uh, I was not there for Florida State or obviously any Florida State was at home and then all the other games were on the road. It was not there for those. And they looked like crap. Uh, so honestly, don't know which Carolina team to expect to show up. History would indicate, at least this year's history would indicate that probably the not so good one. Uh, South Carolina, on the other hand, uh, does just has, has not looked good despite playing above expectations in year one with Shane Beamer. Um, I was at their game against ECU when they needed a last-second field goal against them to win it, and I watched the Auburn game on TV, and it was just not good football. Um, so I, I, I really this this game could be ugly, just not enjoyable for anybody. Uh, but. So I, I have no idea which Carolina team will show up. Um, my heart wants to pick 
Carolina because I, I do think they are far more talented, but I honestly have no idea. Uh, the spread has the real Carolina at nine and a half, and, and I want to say that Carolina will cover easily, but that's probably a lot of bias and fandom and ignorance. Uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. So give me the real Carolina winning 31-17. Uh, the Sugar Bowl. I will actually be at this game. I'm pretty pretty excited about it. Um, kickoff is scheduled for 8.45 Eastern on New Year's Day. Ole Miss's offense is a lot of fun to watch. Baylor does have a have the top 15 defense. Vegas has Ole Miss uh, minus two, and I think I'm leaning towards Ole Miss to cover. It's probably SEC bias, but I do love watching SEC football, uh, and so that's that's the direction I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Ole Miss 34-27. I think Matt Corral puts on a show late and pulls away from Baylor late in the fourth. Uh, Cotton Bowl, first playoff game will take place at 3.30 on ESPN. Alabama's a 13.5-point favorite. I do think Cincinnati will be up for this game and probably keep it close, and then kickoff will happen. Roll Tide, 38-17. And then the Orange Bowl. This one this one intrigues me because I don't know what Georgia's attitude's going to be in this game. If Georgia is up for it, then I do think Georgia will take care of business. Um, Michigan wants to run the ball, and Georgia does not allow anyone to run the ball, so it will be strength on strength. Um, And if Georgia's up for this game and in it mentally, I do think Georgia wins easily. But I would honestly not be surprised if Michigan scores early or or gets a takeaway early, and then you start to see like the hope um, leave leave Georgia, which – would result in a which could result in a Michigan win. Like I said, I, I'm I'm going Georgia, but I, I would not be surprised by Michigan winning. Uh, and to finish it all off, um, I went to the Hornets game last night and walked by the Roxbury. And now this song has been stuck in my head all day, so I'll leave you with this. <laughs> 